one of the earliest black civilizations with complex economic and political processes. It is known as one of the Nubian nations that is located in present-day Sudan. Some historians believe that around 3100 BCE, the Nubia nation derived its power from trade. Trade was at the foundation of the Kushite state, as was the case in the early development of states across Sudanic Africa. The inhabitants traded gold for Egyptian wheat. They were also known as expert metal and gold workers. The tradesmen controlled the supply of goods by trading ivory, ostrich feathers, and wood to Egypt. Architecture is one of the visual marks of the Kushite legacy. They are known to have built over 200 pyramids. It was also one of the only avenues of contact between Egypt and inner Africa. Later, Kush was destroyed by the kingdom of Aksum. I encourage you to learn more about Kush and their notable Kushite queens who were called Candace, which means sister. Visit the show notes page for links about Kush. Thank you and I hope you enjoyed today's show. It means together in Swahili. Together, we go further. When we work together toward a common goal, we are able to use each individual's unique strengths and ideas to create a more complete and synergistic solution. Whether it be in family, business, or friendships, community and working together matters. Let us work together, play together, teach together, remember together, and grow together. This is Cleverly Poachers Kids! (laughs) In this segment, we talk to kids about different topics. So we're talking to Amira about her thoughts on co-op. We've only done one co-op since we've been homeschooling, and we'd like to hear your response I like it I like the class that I'm doing right now I'm only doing one class right now but I like it so what class are you taking this season and why do you like it I am taking Swahili I like Swahili because I don't get a lot of homework Is that all? I mean, there's got to be more to why you're enjoying it. I know why I like it, but I'm going to let you tell me why you are enjoying it. Um, I'm not really sure why I like it, but I like it. Could it be the soothing tones of her voice? This woman's voice is really, really comforting. It's almost like the traffic people who give you the traffic report on the radio. How it's just 
very calming. And the the cadence and the rhythm within her voice and the fluctuations, oh, I think it's beautiful. You're not sure why you like the club. Okay, so beyond this one particular class, what are your feelings about attending the co-op in general? Because we've done, this is our second season with the co-op. This is our second season with the co-op. Just trying to get your thoughts on your experience with the co-op so far. Is there anything that you really like about it? It doesn't necessarily have to be about the classes classes you've taken, but is there anything that you really like about it or things that you don't care so much about? How do you like interacting with some of the young people, the adults? One thing that I like, actually really don't like, even though I don't drive, is the parking. <laughs> there's so little parking. If there's no spa- spa- space in, like, the parking area where like other people can park, then you have to park on the street, which is not good for us. At the co-op itself, the classes, the people, the instructors, what say you? I like how they call everybody family. So do you look forward to going to co-op every week? What are the positives, the plus sides? You already gave me the negative. The parking situation, I don't think it's that bad, but it could be better. But everywhere doesn't have ample parking lot space. It's okay. At least we don't have to pay the meters because they don't enforce that. So, that's a bonus. That's true. But, um, yes, I do look forward to going to co-op every week. If you were giving it a rating on a five-star scale, how would you rate your co-op? Is there anything that you would like to see happen differently? No, I'd give it, I think I'd give it like a four-star rating. Okay, well, we have not yet taken advantage of any of the field trips. I did. But Amira wasn't here that weekend, and so she didn't come with me to the Egypt on the Potomac tour with Anthony Browder. That was amazing. But our co-op has lots and lots of resources for all kinds of activities and outings. I'm trying to be more more proactive in taking you all out of the house to do more activities because I know you all like that. Well, how do you feel about that? Love that. (laughs) Hi, welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. We are looking forward to today's topic. It is another homeschool-inspired conversation. We're going to be talking about co-ops. So if you've been wondering what co-ops are, and as it relates to homeschool communities, today is the day to tune in and listen to our conversation. So, you are talking to Elle and... Here I am. And we're going to give you a quick conversation about how co-ops and tutorials 
and homeschool groups can really help provide support for families who want to homeschool. So we're going to um, just briefly define what a homeschool co-op is. There isn't really a definition that just really sums up everything. So basically, the way a homeschool co-op works is it's a group of people who meet together and they can meet together for field trips, they can meet together for exercising, they can meet together for classes, for theater, for whatever um, area that they want to gather around for. And the parents are heavily involved in teaching the kids. So it could be that the parents rotate, maybe some teach the older kids and some occupy the younger kids. Co-ops work differently, but co-op in the very nature of the word means cooperation from the family units. Right. Is there something that you would add to that? No, that's what I was thinking. A co-op, think of the word cooperation. Everyone is cooperating to achieve the same goal, which is educating and nurturing the children. Right. And typically, families are very interested and engaged in co-ops because they want to provide a social component to their homeschooling because mm -hmm. people often talk about socialization as being one of the primary focuses or pro primary deficits of homeschools. And it can be the case, but if you join a homeschool group or a co-op or a tutorial or something that is a group of families who also have homeschoolers and they get together, those particular events and um, meeting groups can provide the social aspect for your kid. So um, some co-ops, they do science fairs, some get together for graduation services, some for tournaments like a spelling bee, a book club, a field trip club, dances, um, conferences, conventions. So that's something to keep in mind. Oh, yeah. And you were saying groups. So groups are basically just groups. They can meet in person or they can be online. Um, it's just like a support system. You can bounce ideas off of one another. You can schedule meetups for the children or for yourself. You can, you know, schedule field trips and other kinds of outings like that. So a group is exactly what you think of when you think of a group and right. it serves many purposes and it doesn't always have to um it doesn't always have to end up with face-to-face -face interaction or anything it could just be hey i found this particular venue is doing something that you might be interested in check it out or would you like to come with me or um, here's some information I thought would be pretty helpful seeing that little Johnny likes Legos or, you know, whatever. So that's what groups are for the 
Yeah, that's what that's how I would define groups. But you'll find that a lot of these definitions or a lot of these entities kind of blur together at certain points and in, in certain certain settings. Yeah. Right. So also I want to I want families to understand that you know, just because you Googled that there was a homeschool co-op in your area doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, um, to join them. What you have to do, what I recommend, is vet the group. So just like you would vet your doctor's office for, you know, and interview, maybe ask a few questions, you know, you, if you can shadow the co-op, you know, for a day before you join, because some co-ops you do have to pay to be a part of them. Some are free. Um, and so you, you really need to know what the expectations are, what you're really getting into, what the level of commitment is. Mm -hmm. There are many different questions that may go into, that may come into play when dealing with a co-op. So it's, a, it's helpful to know what, the questions are that you should be asking. And when I first started homeschooling, I began to document, document my experience on my website. And I actually have a post that we will link in the show notes called, ask these top 10 questions before committing to a homeschool group. And in that post, I talk about some questions that you can ask before you join a co-op and you know what you kind of need to be looking for because it's important to find a group that is a comfortable fit for you and also your family so um, you want to feel like it is a support group and you want to feel like they are catering to your needs and the needs of your children so you've co-ops can vary in their subject matter so you really want to kind of explore and and check out the ones in your area. So hopefully where you live, you'll have more than just one or two options. You'll have more to choose from so that you can find one that's a really good fit. Some people, not everybody who homeschools are Christians. So you may have, you know, you may be adamant that you want a secular homeschool group. They have them. You just have to, you know, ask questions and find out what is that co-op going to entail. And so um, don't just feel like you may have a goal and a type of co-op in mind. Don't just think it's not going to exist because you have specific needs because, you know, homeschooling has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it is a chance that someone else has already created that group. So just do a little research first and check them out. See if you can visit and see how things go. Yeah, and if all else fails, feel free to create your own. Right. Because if chances are, if you are feeling that way and you don't feel like any of the co-ops in your area are meeting your needs, there's probably at least one or two other families that feel the same way and aren't really sure how to move forward with creating a co-op or a collective or something that would give them the support or the access to certain things as they need. So sometimes gotta do a little work. 
Right. And also when you hear the word co-op, just keep in mind that typically a co-op and a tutorial, they provide academic support. So homeschool groups sometimes really are about that social practical aspect versus the academic. And so um, some of the co-ops generally aren't drop-off programs, whereas tutorials are. Right. So you do have to ask questions and find out what the particular dynamics and specifics of that group are. And the other thing you just made me think about when you said are not being tutorials, not being, wait, I'm saying this backwards, about some co-ops not being drop-off style. Um, if you find that you're interested in a particular co-op, however, they are not into the whole drop-off mission, if you feel comfortable or are or develop a friendship or relationship where you feel comfortable with the other person, you all may be able to trade off the weeks that you take the children. So maybe it can be a drop off in the sense that you don't have to be there because this other person is going to oversee your children while you are absent. Um, a lot of co-ops will allow for that. Some of them don't, but you know, it all depends on what their requirements are. You have some that require parents to pledge a certain amount of time to maybe it's cleanup or bringing snacks or, you know, whatever it is that they have need for. And then there are other places. I saw one recently that if you are unable to give of your time, then they ask that you make a donation. Right. So the key is find a group of people that you feel comfortable with, that your kids also feel comfortable with, that will be a social component for your homeschool that will provide some variation, some fun, and something that you can look forward to. Because we all wanna be able to look forward to something that is gonna benefit us. And so that's what co-ops, homeschool groups, and regional, like there's so many different names that go into it. So it's kind of learning the lingo too is important. But for the most part, it's definitely something that you can learn more about and find a group that fits you and your family's needs. Well, let me ask this question. What has your experience been with the co-ops? I know I've only done it once. I'm currently doing one this, this season. We did it last season too. I want to know what, what your thoughts. <laughs> so I have done a co-op. It's been pretty much, I want to say the same co-op, but I've also done homeschool groups. Um, we, t we, we haven't, we've mentioned in previous podcasts um, that we've, done a co-op. We've also mentioned that, you know, next year I'm looking to do a different type of co-op that's a drop-off program. So I've never done a drop-off program, but it's always been in my mind as something I would be open to. 
So in, in the past, I attended a co-op with my kids one day a week. I had to stay with my kids the entire time. And it was an academic support group. Um, my kids, it's the same kids that attend the co-op. So it's very much like a school setting. It was done at a church because that's the building that provided, um, that allowed the families to meet there. So it wasn't, it wasn't religious in the sense that, you know, people didn't talk about church. They didn't talk about their religious experiences, but, and I, so before, I think as a group, like if you got there in the morning, they would pray together. But I think that was the only thing that was, um, you know, that really was religious. But outside of that, it was really just having a group of parents who were com just as committed to you, to their children, um, to their children's educational needs. And so that's what the co-op provided. Pardon, uh, was this I a time commitment and a monetary commitment or just one or the other? So it was actually both. So time commitment, you had to stay the entire day. Uh, and also, I, I also was supposed to watch um, the younger kids um, sometimes. So I remember a couple times I had to watch them in the morning. And then a couple times I had to go to the nursery and help out. So I didn't have any kids. My kids are in the same class because they're twins. And so I would have to volunteer with the other kids. And it was a monetary commitment because they would have a facility fee where you had to pay for, um, for the church. They would break out that payment among all of the families and divide that amount. And so there was a set amount we had to pay just to meet there. And then I had to pay for the academic program as a whole because they had tutors. They don't call them teachers. They call them tutors, um, probably because in our state, um, legally, they can't call them teachers. And so there was a financial commitment for that. And there was also a fee for supplies, a supply fee as well. And so... Um, so yeah, so there was both a time commitment as well as a monetary commitment. So that's something to keep in mind. These, you know, these events and activities and things that you may do at a co-op aren't free. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you do have to pay for the experience. So can you kind of share your, your experience with us? Um, so far, I'm enjoying it i've met some really cool people um the children have met some pretty fun little people i will admit that i am not the most social of people in fact i'm pretty far from it i'm really uncomfortable in um social settings i don't i don't feel well <laughs> a lot when i'm especially someone i i've just meeting, I'm just a little uncomfortable and feel really awkward about the whole situation. So we haven't spent any time with many shucks with any of the people outside of co-op. It was or well, it is once a week. It's once a week, and we pay per class, I guess I'll call it. 
So there's a registration fee slash facility fee. It's held at a arts and cultural center. And they have, oh, I'll say maybe eight to 10 different classes that they offer. Um, last season, we did, I want to say four classes. And this season, we're only doing two. I have a science for Rael and Swahili for Amira. And it's very, it's very engaging. My children really like it. They like to be around the other children. The instructors are very engaging and it's been a blast. They have a email listserv group too. And I mean, some people probably would be annoyed with this, but I think it's, I find it very helpful. They send out, you know, three to five emails a day and it's just various things that are going on in the area, events for older children that are looking to go to college, um, things for middle school students, um, things that are for all ages, all types of activities, cultural, artistic, academic. It's, it's a very, it's been very, very good to me so far. Um, I can't say that I have any complaints. It is an African-centered place. I guess I should say it is an African-centered co-op. So everyone there is Black. Um, it doesn't bother me so much, I guess, because I was kind of raised that way. I didn't actually, I was never educated with white people until I went to college. Um, so it seems very natural to me and normal. I like that they're able to see a wide range of our people. I mean, there's, there's Christians there, there's Muslims there, there's um, seculars there. Um, no one's really pushing their, their ideology. It's all about just, you know, uplifting one another and having fun learning. It's, I like it. Yeah, so that's um, our co-op experience so far. I like it. We have, I've only gone on one of the field trips. I know that they did have something for some trips to the Kennedy Center. However, they were only allowing a certain number of adults to go. And it was for certain age groups. 
And so I decided to pass on that one, but I was really interested in that one. Um, the, all the parents are, you know, they're really involved. So for myself, I go with all four of my children and I have had nothing but pleasant experiences. Sometimes some parents will offer to hold on to one of the little boys or um, will help Rael put together whatever the activity is that they're doing. So I could tend to one of the other boys. Um, I remember Paru used to always try to get in on one of the geography activities. And a lot of times, Mama Jessica would say, here, you can give this to him. And she would let him participate in the activity, even though technically he wasn't registered for the class, but she would let him, you know, paint the tree or color the picture or whatever the activity was. And I thought that was really special. And I, I was very appreciative of her including him, even though he was not a paid participant. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, that's sounds like you've been having a very positive experience, which is awesome. Yay. They like it. I'm glad that they like it. They're able to interact with other children. Um, even though I'm not, I don't long for that social aspect like that. I know my oldest daughter really does. And so I'm glad that she's able to get that into, you know, interact with other children her own age. Right. Yeah. So my experience has been more mixed. The co-op that I attended was more multicultural. Um, mostly it was, so like in the classes that my kids attended, um, there may have been one or two other kids that were similar to them. The other kids were not, and <laughs> what a way to describe it. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> right, right. They had some similarities. Um, but what I, I, my kids loved it. I want to, I want to come out of, you know, I want to make that very clear. My kids loved co-op. As their parent, I did not always feel comfortable the other parents didn't talk to me often and weren't very inclusive. They would get together for their kids' birthday parties or for an event and rarely um, were kids who weren't in the inner circle invited. And so I felt like it was very cliquish and it wasn't an experience that I looked forward to. And I think it's important for your kids not only to be happy, but you as the parent should also be happy. So um, after that first year, I did not go back. So, and I specifically didn't go back because I did not feel like my presence was valued. And hmm. I didn't like that feeling. And so, um, could I have made it work because my kids were happy? Yes, I could have. Um, I actually went back um, the following, 
So I took a break. So one year we didn't do it. And then the next year I went back. I actually had a better experience the second time that I went to the co-op. It had changed considerably. I met more people and I pretty much, I wanna say I had a positive experience. Um, so would I do it again? Yes. Um, and that's to say that sometimes co-ops evolve and they change. So some of the people that were there that first time weren't there. And, you know, my kids were in a different class. So it's important for the people that you're around and the people that you interact with to be comfortable with you as well as you feel comfortable with them. And so that's something that you have to, you have to work out. And it's something that is important to me as a mother. It's important to me in where I spend my money and where I spend my time. So as long as that's clear in my mind, to me, wherever I go, I'm going to make it a point to, to feel comfortable and feel like I have something to give as well as something to receive because I feel like it should be a cyclical relationship and not just one-sided where somebody's doing all the giving or somebody's doing all the receiving. Mm-hmm. Very good point. I'm glad it was better for you. I felt sad. I'm over here talking about having such a good old time <laughs> in co-op. And you say, I wasn't really feeling it. The kids loved it, but I was miserable. So I'm glad you were able to, you know, try again and have much better results. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's what, you know, adulthood is about. Sometimes if you don't like something, it's easy to shy away from it. But... Mm -hmm if you know why I went back is it was it's the closest co-op to me and so I I wanted to make it work because I knew that I needed that I wanted that level of expertise as far as um, the academics and I wanted my kids to be around other kids so it was important to me the second year I did a homeschool group so um, that's something that we didn't necessarily go into um, we didn't really talk about that that much, but I had, um, I actually met a friend, I met a lady at a, a homeschool event and she took my number, I took her number and then she was like, hey, why don't we meet up and teach each other's kids once a week? And that's what we did. We also met at a church and we exchanged, um, we would we would alternate weeks and teach our kids the different subjects and we would practice and we would play games and it was a positive experience and I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed having that person as a friend and hearing about her homeschooling experience and being able to collaborate with her. I felt that we had similar personalities. I invited her to my house. She invited me to her house. And so it was a friendship that blossomed and she wasn't a mother. We weren't, we weren't similar in, as far as the way that we looked, but we were similar in, as far as our passion for our children and our love for our families. And that's something that, that I enjoyed and I valued. So it was an experience that I looked forward to. 
And I will say that the following year, she told me she was putting her kids in public school. So, you know, I was a little bit sad because she was a friend that I had come to enjoy and I, and I looked forward to getting together with her. And so that also kind of played a part in me going back to the co-op because, you know, I didn't have that sort of experience to go to. It had kind of changed since she was putting her kids in public school. And so it was kind of like oh, a last resort. So when I went to the co-op again, you know, it was, I went with a different lens, with a different view because I needed it, because I needed that sort of accountability and I missed being around other families. As far as field trips are concerned, I like to do field trips on my own. I like to go on my own time. I really, really thoroughly enjoy museums. And so I don't like having to tailor my day to someone else's time. Because if I want to stay in one place and really read all the signs, you know, I don't want to feel rushed with my experiences. And because my kids are like me, they also like to go to the museums and, and read the signs and explore and feel the freedom to get all the information to ask questions without, you know, feeling any sort of pressure. And so I personally like, I have a very um, different experience when it comes to museums and field trips. Like I like to do it on my own. Yeah, I think that's the better way to do it, too, because you don't have that time crunch so right. much. Um, I can't wait until the younger ones get a little older and I can not feel the time crunch from them because, man, they can kind of <laughs> put a damper on some of the museum trips. Yeah. There's not enough snacks in the world when they don't want to be there, you know? Right. When they're three years old. <laughs> so yeah. I think, you know, I the point of the, our conversation is really to tell families there is support out there, whether you're creating it yourself with a homeschool group or if you're joining an established group, like a co-op or a tutorial, you just have to get out there and find out, ask other parents, what are you doing, you know? And find people that you're comfortable with. I think, you know, mm -hmm. hearing your positive story about your co-op experience is, is beautiful. And I love it. I actually visited her co-op and I had an awesome time for the day. It was great. <laughs> and I think that's the thing wherever you go you need to feel comfortable and you need to be excited about it because that's how we want our children to approach education we don't want it to yes. feel forced and so if you are as a parent feel like you need a break because some of us need some time away from our kids just for sanity purposes. That is okay. Mm. Don't feel like you yes. are alone. That's why these, that's why drop off, that's one of the reasons why drop off exactly. um, experiences are valued because you can yeah. have that. So look in your area. You may have to drive because I'm hearing about families driving maybe an hour 
to go to go to some programs. So you may have to yes. put in some time to get there. But if it's important to you, do what is important to you. There was a lady who was coming all the way from Manassas. So she was in traffic. We're talking about an hour and a half, two hour ride. So, I mean, it, but she was, she was getting what she needed. Her daughter was getting what she needed and they were willing to, you know, make that travel once a week. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I went to a tutorial um, open house a couple days ago and they were telling me, I was like, you know, they were asking me if I was interested in bringing my kids and I was like, it sounds awesome and amazing and I love it, but it's too far for me. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to be honest. I'm not driving an hour or two hours. That's not in the cards. I have twins and I've never away. fully recovered with the whole being on time thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so a two hour trip isn't going to work for me, but you know, if, I can understand why somebody would do it. And, you know, maybe if I didn't have another option close by, I probably would consider it. Um, but I'm looking at the options that are close by. So um, I would even be willing to, I guess for a drop-off a drop-off program, I would be willing to drive further than a co-op where I have to sit the whole day. Yeah. If I have to sit the whole day, it needs to be close because when I'm done, I need to get home. Right. I want to get home soon just to decompress. And so, yes. So for me, a closer program is better. And I don't, I don't see myself being willing to do the two hour thing. I'm definitely a 30 minutes max. The co-op I attended was only about 10 minutes away. So that was very close. And to me, um, the homeschool group I attended, that was 30 to 40 minutes away, depending on traffic. Um, but I didn't mind doing that because I liked the people. So, you know, you do, like if, you just mentioned that you had a great time with that co-op. So I could see how she like, you know, this is the day that we're getting together with our friends. So that was something that was a trip to look forward to. And that changes the dynamic. Yeah. She said that they were listening to audio books and podcasts and things on the way on the drive. And, you know, they were just, you know, reviewing lessons from the week and, you know, just passing the time. Right. Run that traffic. So that's what I would do when I when I went to the homeschool group that was 30 to 40 minutes away. I I was um with a group that had CDs, our academic program had CDs, and so we would listen to them and I would review the kids and we would practice in the car. So it was a positive experience and the trip in the car was definitely not wasted time. We used that time to ask questions and I would quiz them verbally on what they knew. And so it definitely was a great, a great experience. I, I look back at it now and I value that time that we spent together in the car. Well, that's wonderful. In short, 
find a co-op. No, you don't have to. But <laughs> if you're looking for some camaraderie, some um, some uh, other adult interaction, don't be afraid to find a co-op. And this is coming from someone who is not a socialite. I'm not in the least. But I'm glad that I decided to take on this adventure with my children and they're enjoying themselves. I am too. I think that, you know, if you are looking for ways to shake things up or make things a little, feel a little bit new or fresh, a co-op or a group is a great way. If you find that you're struggling in any particular subject, a tutorial program might be a better fit for you. Um, it will kind of take some of the pressure off of having to get your child to understand whatever the subject matter is that they're struggling with. Right. You have options. Right. You just have to look you know, Google can be very friendly sometimes and you'd be surprised at the answers that you uncover. Right. So thank you for listening to our conversation. If you have future show topics that you would like us to talk about, please be sure to send us an email at cleverlychanging at gmail.com. So that's C L E V. E-R-L-Y-C-H-A-N-G-I-N-G at gmail.com. Let us know what those topics are. And we look forward to talking to you in two weeks because this podcast is bi-weekly. And you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and other places where podcasts are played. So definitely follow us on SoundCloud too. So we look forward to having another conversation with you about homeschool soon. Bye.